Good evening and welcome to Direct Impact Broadcasting, the station of growth and transformation. Affiliate of Creative Broadcasting presents Leadership Tidbits with Coach T. Wilson with your host, Taiwana Wilson, as she welcomes her guest to the studio. Good evening. Welcome to Leadership Tidbits with Coach T. Wilson. I am your host, Taiwana Wilson. A little bit about myself. I am your award-winning leadership maven, medical laboratory sciences by background, best-selling author, owner and chief leadership coach at Trendy Elite Coaching and Consulting Services, executive director with the John Maxwell team, Maxwell Disc Certified Consultant, Send Out Cars Referral Partner, and co-owner of Direct Impact Broadcasting Radio Station. Before we bring on my special guests, I'm excited to announce Direct Impact Broadcasting's new radio station affiliate, Envision Broadcasting, which will be launching May 1st. Stay tuned for more details on this radio station and the first show airing live on this station. Also, thank you to my media mentors, Ms. Ashley Lutzel and Ms. Kimberly McLemore of Talk Radio TV Network, LLP. Today's special VIP guest is my friend, Indiana Senator Eddie Melton. Eddie Melton was elected as state senator for Indiana's 3rd District on November 8, 2016. In addition to serving in the Indiana General Assembly, Melton serves as the Manager of Corporate Citizen and Community Relations for Northern Indiana Public Service Company. Prior to joining NIPSCO, Melton worked as a grant officer for the Legacy Foundation, Lake County's Community Foundation in Northwest Indiana. Melton has served as chairman of the Indiana Commission on the Social Status of Black Males and has served on the State Board of Education, representing the 1st Congressional District of Indiana, and also served as a national board member for the American Association of Blacks and Energy. Senator Melton has been recognized as a national leader in the area of youth mentoring. Since 2005, he has been instrumental in establishing and training mentoring organizations around the country. In 2015, Melton worked with President Barack Obama's administration in implementing My Brother's Keeper, an initiative designed to address persistent opportunity gaps facing boys and young men of color. In 2016, Melton was also selected to participate in a fellowship program in Israel for National African American Leaders sponsored by the American Israel Education Foundation. Through his intensive educational experience, Melton explored critical foreign policy and national security issues affecting both Israel and the United States. Melton has been recognized with multiple awards and accolades such as the top 20 under 40 young professionals in Northwest Indiana by the NWI Times Media Company, and is a South Shore Leadership Award winner and Freshman Legislator of the Year by the Indiana Association of Rehabilitation Facilities. Melton was recently elected by lawmakers from around the country to serve on the Executive Committee of the National Conference of State Legislators. He is a member 
of the Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated and received a Bachelor of Science of Organizational Management from Calumet College of St. Joseph. Melton serves as the ranking minority member on the Senate Education and Natural Resources Committee and in 2017 was appointed Deputy Chairman of the Indiana Democratic Party. He lives in Gary, Indiana, with his beautiful wife, Crystal, and his four children. Good evening, Senator Melton. How are you doing this evening? Hey, good evening, my friend. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I am so excited that you are here and and ready to listen to all the great leadership tidbits that you have to offer to our listening audience. Well, uh, well, thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. So please tell the listeners about your path to leadership and how did you get to where you are today in the political arena? Right. I think it's a very interesting path. I'll try to be as brief as possible. You know, coming out of college, uh, it was a unique uh, environment that I grew up in, and I knew I wanted to return back home. Uh, uh, to Gary, Indiana, and just contribute back to my community and, and, and figure out how to help turn it around uh, from a uh, post-industrial city into a community that's going to provide more economic opportunities for those that live there. Uh, we suffer from a lot of gang violence. We suffer from a lot of um, lack of employment and, and just crumbling infrastructure. So when I had the opportunity to return as a, a young adult, um, there was little uh, minimum opportunities to work. Uh, so I came home and and uh, started as a child care worker at a mental health agency. It was that work there that kind of sparked me into developing my own tutoring and mentoring company uh, that I uh, was able to uh, grow to be a successful organization. Uh, and just tutoring and mentoring the children in, in northwest Indiana, uh, Gary, Hammond, and New Chicago, uh, it taught me a lot. Um, through that mentoring and, and, and tutoring uh, development and infrastructure, building that organization, I was invited to serve uh, and lead one of our community foundations, uh, scholarship and nonprofit uh, uh, budgets, to help build the capacity of organizations that had direct impact to the lives of those in the community that I grew up in. And this took me from being a service provider uh, from the mentoring and tutoring realm into being a funder. And being a funder, it was a total different thinking in terms of how can I better serve my community? How can I best build up organizations and their leadership and their capacity from either from a board perspective or from a service delivery perspective. So that opportunity just grew into more chances for me to be a leader in my community. Uh, at that time, being one of the more younger uh, individuals that were uh, leading in the realm of nonprofit, uh, it took me to the world from a for-profit perspective where I currently work now, uh, which is uh, at Northern Indiana Public Service Company, which is our utility provider in Northwest Indiana. 
uh, NIPSCO. And serving the northern third of Indiana, I've had the opportunity to uh, do the same thing in terms of helping organizations from a philanthropic perspective uh, and, and being able to uh, look for great organizations and support those initiatives uh, and help them to better have greater impact in the lives of those in our community. Uh, so that's kind of the, the, the track from a professional perspective. Um, I would say around 2015, 2016, uh, I was appointed to the State Board of Education, and at this particular moment is when I uh, became more engaged on policy and how policy can have and should have a more long-term impact on the lives of the people that I was serving in my path uh, to where I'm in now. Um, I didn't hear... Uh, what I want, what I, what was I'm hearing in the classroom from teachers. I wasn't hearing what I was hearing from parents and students in terms of what they were looking from education from their public schools uh, in Indiana across the state, not just my community. So this really kind of gave me more of a broader uh, macro uh, lens I had to look through, and that's when I made the decision. If I wanted to make long-term policy changes, I had to be a part of the policy-making process. And that's why I approached, uh, at that time, my predecessor, uh, Senator Erling Rogers, and shared my interest that whenever she was getting ready to retire, I would be interested in running in her stead, in her seat. Coincidentally enough, she was getting ready to retire that same year. And, and that's why wow. I launched my campaign. And she mentored me. Uh, and prepared me not only from a campaigning perspective, but there was a smooth transition into this seat that I currently sit in now. So I'm sitting uh, as state senator for the 3rd District, which includes the cities of Maryville, Gary, uh, Lake Station, Crown Point, Holbert, and New Chicago in northwest Indiana with over 100,000 individuals that, that live in this district. And it's just truly a blessing and an honor uh, to represent them every day uh, here at the Indiana General Assembly. Wow, your path to leadership, your path to politics, I mean, it's just it's, it's really outstanding and amazing. I mean, a lot of times as we go off to college, you know, sometimes we don't go back to our homes you know, where we grew up in, I grew up in Dayton, so very similar uh, to to Gary in that we were affected by uh, the manufacturing departing. Uh, and so it's, it's just interesting that you went back and had that success but really wanted to pour into your community. So thank you for, for choosing that route. Thank you for having the courage to, to lead that journey. I appreciate it. What strengths and experience do you feel have been beneficial for you to thrive and being taken serious in your career and on your journey to politics? You are, are, are fairly young uh, in this game. So what did you feel like was, was your strengths to, to really excel? Because you're doing some tremendous things and people are really taking action right, and notice. That's a good question. That's a good question. You know, one of the things I would just I have to acknowledge is, is my faith. And, and the, the way I would totally frame this is having 
a sincere heart to serve. Um, I don't have to serve in a capacity as an elected official to make impact. And I I realized that uh, before, during, and after I was elected. Um, So it just added a different level of opportunity that I could have that impact. But I think at the core of of anyone, you have to have a true servant's heart um, to to serve the people and, and, and have the ability to remove yourself and your uh, ego and pride and, and, and seeking opportunity to lift oneself up to figure out what can I do to lift others up. So I think that will be one of the core ideals that I will want to uh, highlight but also encourage folks to ensure that your intentions are pure and your intentions are sincere in leading in whatever capacity that may be. Um, you know, I can go on and on about that, but I think uh, the, the life experiences that we come across also add to that, and never forgetting uh, those those lessons we've learned, be it good, be it bad, or lessons we've learned from others that have experienced things that we can learn from that we don't have to repeat or we don't have to experience. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that's very key for those of of us that are are chosen to serve, uh, of really having a true servant's heart because the work gets tough. The work gets tough and it's not about a title and you really got to have the heart and have grit and have faith to be able to do the work uh, of the people. So I think that's great. Senator Melton, you do a lot of work to uplift and inspire the communities you serve and our children. What are some of the challenges you are tackling during this term while you're representing the 3rd District of Indiana? Wow. You you know, I think in my current uh, capacity, you know, being a Democrat in an extremely uh, Republican state, it's been extremely difficult and frustrating at times uh, to pass legislation that you know that will improve the quality of life of your people. And one of the things that I'm learning and getting better at is that even in that frustration, there's opportunity opportunity to inform, educate, and teach individuals about uh, the experiences, about the culture, about the things that they may not have grown up seeing, uh, the things that their community may not be able to connect with. And that has proven over time to help me get past those hurdles of not being able to get those important pieces of legislation passed uh, because it may benefit a particular group. It may benefit solely minorities. It may benefit solely uh, boys and young men of color or young ladies of color. So that's one of the things I've tried to drill down and be more intentional on talking with my colleagues. And although they may differ from a policy perspective, I've grown to find out that many of them want the same things for most 
Hoosiers across the state of Indiana like I do. We just mm-hmm. think about it differently. We go about it in a different way or an approach. So I think that difficulty has challenged me or has, has forced me to think more collaboratively and to be more inclusive uh, in my approach. Although some may not be inclusive or embrace inclusivity on their part, but mm-hmm. that does not prevent me from uh, trying and attempting and, and has allowed me to gain great ground with folks that you may not think uh, will be receptive. That makes that makes perfect sense. One of my guests a few weeks uh, said, that, you know, the same thing, you know, make sure you know who you are uh, and, and where you stand far before you have to, to make those decisions because at the table you're going to have different personalities, you're going to have different backgrounds, you're going to have different interests, but at the end of the day, you have to make sure that, one, you are staying true to you while trying to, to promote the greater good. And, right. and I'm sure leaders across the nation uh, can understand that of, of working with a group in their organizations where uh, different interests are, uh, you know, represented at the table and trying to come to the same uh, core value of the the organization. Right, absolutely. You have been a national leader in youth mentoring since 2005. Youth mentoring, a space that I love quite a bit. So, talk about some of the training and the outcomes of those training programs for the mentoring organizations around the country. You've done. All right, you know one of the most blessed opportunities I was ever to have uh, professionally was to work with President Obama's administration on the National My Brother's Keeper initiative. Individuals from across the country would come to the White House and discuss a framework on how we can change the trajectory of boys and young men of color across the nation and able to take that information back and implement programs and you know, work to change policies in our own communities and neighborhoods. So that that was truly transformational for me uh, to work with individuals that, are, that that have the same desire and passion, and uh, they taught me a lot, and, and they helped me to bring back things to my community. But also raised a lot of questions in terms of, uh, the work, the, the amount of work that, that has to be done uh, mm-hmm. moving forward from the criminal justice system to uh, the education system, uh, early childhood education, um, and, and just some of those basic core uh, values that uh, many people may overlook uh, and many opportunities are overlooked that boys and young men of color don't have access to. So to me, that's that's one of the greatest opportunities I've, I've had. Um, but I can always take it back to the beginning when it comes down to mentoring was when I was introduced to the first young man uh, that I mentored. And at this time, like I mentioned earlier, when I was uh, starting my first uh, 
real job as a child care worker at a mental health agency, the case managers would encourage me to hang uh, outside of the work hours with one particular young man, and I didn't mind doing that. I was closer to his age uh, at that time. I was in my early 20s. He was in his late teens, and he was aging out of the system. And we built a very strong relationship and rapport uh, where I was able to help him get through high school at a very critical time in his life when he lost uh, his, some of his closest loved ones and he felt deserted. Uh, so we were able to get him on the right path, on the right track, to help build that confidence and help build a plan and a strategy for him to graduate high school and to get uh, get a degree and to help start his own business. You know, this individual and I, we still stay connected to this very day, and that's pleasing to my heart. Not knowing, not thinking that I uh, was the one that put him on the right path, but knowing that I participated in his growth and development. And, and that's extremely rewarding as I look and see that he has his own family and he, he started his own business. Uh, and th- that was a contagious uh, a feeling that encouraged me to want to do it more and help others learn about the benefits of mentoring and learn about the best practices in mentoring uh, that we do uh, uh, in, in key organizations like Big Brothers, Big Sisters, the Boys and Girls Club, and so many organizations across the country. Awesome. And what role has mentors had in your own life or some of those key mentors that you had along your path? Yeah. I think we all have mentors, even if we don't realize it. And in my particular life, I've had individuals and seen individuals that I came across and they were mentoring me and they didn't even know they were. You know, there could be a certain style of leadership or a certain method of communication that an individual has, uh, and you pick up those characteristics or those mannerisms or you build a relationship with someone that may coach you along the way or teach you some new things or help you enhance or build some new skill sets that you didn't know that you have or needed. So I always tell folks, pay attention to what we what you do, what you say, because you never know who's watching you. And you, mm-hmm. you don't know who you're mentoring from a distance. Um, but I had relatives. I had an uncle that was a, a minister uh, growing up. That w- he, he taught me how to be patient. He taught me how to be kind, even in the moments where you don't feel like you can be either one of those. I had individuals that I professionally work with that helped me and nurtured me through my professional career in a nonprofit as well as on the corporate side that showed me how to build uh, build my strengths. And, and 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 learn my weaknesses, so I can improve and be a better, uh, either a better employee or someone that's going to grow within my profession. And I even have individuals in the uh, political realm that have that, that are currently teaching me uh, certain skill sets on how to uh, build a more compelling case 
to my colleagues and, and how to craft and research legislation uh, for my community. So uh, mentoring is, is, is ever evolving in my life, and, uh, and I always seek opportunities to be one and also to receive that uh, re- re- mentoring in, in a reciprocal fashion. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's said to whom much is given, much is required. So I, I think it's our, you know, it's our, our duty, especially as we are, are are climbing to reach back and make sure we are mentoring uh, the next generation. I mean, like you, I work with youth and, and to see their face sometimes when you give them hope or, or they look at you and, and look at your story, I'm sure, as they looked at your journey, it's like, wow, you did all of this. You just just looking at you <laughs> gave me hope that I too, if I stay the path, uh, can can, you know, conquer great things and, and be awesome as well. Oh yeah. It it's especially important for our next generation of leaders to not only hear about our successes, but also hear about some of our mistakes. Can you share with the listeners some of your biggest mistakes and then the learning lessons that you gain from it? I think right now I'm, I'm experiencing one of those uh, mistakes in terms of uh, better time management. And because one of the things I'm seeking to accomplish is finalizing my own book that I've been working on for a while. And uh, knowing that when I have those moments where I can start working on it, but I'm just so drained and exhausted that I, I, I don't have the, the ability to kind of think at those particular times and moments. But I'm working on it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's a goal. It's, we all need to set goals, and, and that's one of the goals that I'm trying to reach. Um, you know, I don't look at it as a, as a failure. I look at it as an opportunity. I look at it as a challenge to myself to say, you know, can I do a better job at keeping notes so I don't lose those thoughts or, or something that, uh, that may come in the middle of the night or in the middle of the day when I'm working on a project that has nothing to do with with the book that I want to work on and capture those things and make sure I can come back to it. So it's, it's a goal of mine, and I'm going to continue to work hard on it, so I hope you can help me and keep me, help me accountable on that. Well, I and our listeners will hold you accountable and keep you accountable because we're going to be looking for this book. <laughs> so, so we gonna make sure you stay on the stay on the right path uh, with getting it done. What's our target? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm putting you on the on the hot seat. <laughs> right, right. Well, like the end of the year, next right, year. Right. Yeah, let's, let's launch in 2020. That means that had to be done last quarter of 2019. Write the vision, make it plain. I'll make sure I'm writing this down. All right. Because I know, I know you got a, a story to tell. Yeah, I mean, we, we again, we all go through life, and there's some mistakes, there's some failures, 
but again, I think it's important for for those who are, are striving to be in leadership roles or even just our young people uh, that are growing up for them to know that we too been there, we made some mistakes, we had some decisions that wasn't quite good, uh, but you could still turn it around and move forward uh, past that. For some reason, our young people, uh, especially if they, you know, see what they call successful people, they don't think we ever made any mistakes right. or had any Absolutely. failures. Yeah, it helped so. make us who we are today. Right, it definitely definitely make you stronger and definitely make you uh, wiser. So many people struggle with finding ways to get and stay involved in political and local governmental issues. What advice do you have for those who are interested in getting in politics on the local or state level, but maybe don't maybe don't know how? Yeah, I would encourage them just to be in tune with what the people in their community or neighborhood or state or city, uh, what they want, what they need, and and, and just really listen. Um, I think being a good public servant is someone that's able to listen to the issues uh, from a broad, diverse uh, array of individuals and able to Bring those issues, bring those issues to the table, and work with other stakeholders, be it grassroots organizers, be it educators, be it whomever, state leaders, uh, local leaders, to formulate solutions. You know, we can sit back all day and, and complain about things, and we can always come up with reasons why things aren't working. How often are we working on solutions to figure out how to fix those most complicated issues and problems that plague our communities? So I would encourage folks, that's that's one of the key things uh, to to do. Um, Studying and researching and learning about the issues and not just solely relying on the anecdotal things. Uh, but also making sure you understand and get a better grip on data and uh, the facts uh, of the demographics that you serve. So when you come and and you present or you get closer to your desire either to run for office or to work in the realm of policy, you can have the ability to articulate the issues and concerns in a manner that, that, that helps others better understand the complexity of the issue. Um, some folks are good with hearing it from a more narrative standpoint or more of a testimonial standpoint from others, but how can you articulate this message uh, or how it impacts the masses of people and not just a few, but how it relates to an entire community? So just having that ear to ear, ear to hear, uh, and continue to learn, and being able to communicate are some very critical things. I would encourage folks to to, to pay attention to if you're going to get into uh, the, the political world. And I'll say this lastly: uh, you got to have some tough skin. 
<laughs> you got to be able. You got to be able to take criticism, um, and, and not be in a position to always want to respond to everything that's negative, that's negatively said about you, particularly about people from people that may not even know you as an individual. Mm-hmm. But also, when things don't go the way you want to, and you may mess up, and you may say things that you didn't intend on saying, or it, it, it's uh, said out of context, and, and that's why communication and practicing is extremely important. So you got to have that tenacity not to get down on yourself and not to uh, give up when when you trip or you fall or you make a mistake. you got to have the resiliency uh, to move forward. Awesome. And what would you say for our, our our citizens who are saying, well, I'm not necessarily trying to run for office, but I would like to be uh, more involved. What would you say that looks like for them? Is that, you know, going to community forums? Is that, uh, you know, sometimes people, you know, they just stick to the, to the, it's time to vote. I need to vote. But what else is it that our uh, community stakeholders, our citizens, could be doing uh, to help to help you all uh, to make sure our voices are heard? Of course, voting is extremely important. You know, we 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 in this country have uh, the ability to let our voices be heard uh, when we cast our votes in the voting booth for individuals that we want to represent us. And mm-hmm. especially for African Americans, when we have, we know our history and when it comes down to voter suppression, when it comes down for us uh, and, and how our vote has been oftentimes and even currently uh, is being sought after, but also being stifled by some policies, be it local, national or state. But for folks that want to get engaged and may not want to get it as an elected or run for a particular office, I think it's very simple. Outside of just voting, I think it's just being present and learning and listening, going to forums, but also going to your school board meetings or or listening or reading the minutes of it so you know what's going on in your children's school and you know what type of policies they're implementing. Even if you may not understand it, at least you have uh, began to engage in a process and you can ask those questions of the superintendents, of the teachers, of the principals. Uh, that's, that's the engagement that I think that is going to be helpful uh, in, in different realms, particularly in the education realm, or if it's a city council meeting doing the same thing. If you can't go personally, watch it on television, watch it as it streams. Uh, and those type of things will help you be engaged in the process if you don't want to be uh, visible or on the forefront at these type mm-hmm. of settings. But asking questions and, and looking for opportunities to learn is, is, is the key. Awesome. Awesome. That's good information. Uh, I know earlier in our interview, you said, you know, one of the reasons you got involved 
uh, with wanting to help on, on a larger scale, i.e. getting into politics and some of the things that you heard, you know, being on the school board and, and some of the things that teachers said that they needed uh, that maybe the community is not quite aware of. What are some of the things that, that you think we can do as, as parents and community members to really help our, our teachers and help our schools uh, that they may need that we can do? Yeah, well, we're going through this right now in the state of Indiana where our teachers haven't received a pay increase in over a decade. And we're adamantly fighting to ensure that in our state budget that we're allocating money to increase teacher pay across the state. I currently have some legislation now that is going to work towards giving a 5% increase over the biennium uh, for our teachers. Uh, but it, it can't happen with legislators alone. It has to be a grassroots uh, effort. We're, we're communicating with teachers. We're encouraging them to call their legislators, their local legislators, to tell them uh, that it's time for them to get a pay raise. And But also knowing that uh, data has pro proven that a teacher that's not worried about uh, if she can make, he or she can make ends meet, that they're not worried about their mortgage not being paid, their car note not being paid, or their children not having uh, the basics not met, will have a better opportunity to educate our children and be more effective. I've ran across so many teachers that told me that they have two and three jobs on the side. They're driving for Uber. They're doing DoorDash or Grubhub. And w teachers should be one of our most praised professions where we need to acknowledge and reward them for their hard work. You know, many of them go into this with a heart to change the lives of children. Right. And we know... In, if, if you do that, that's the core foundation of changing any community is education. Right. So we have to go back to basic fundamentals to make sure when we, when, when your elected officials, your legislators, your school board members, when they're crafting their budgets, when they're crafting uh, their agenda, legislative agenda, or their state or local agendas, that there's an intentionality going towards education and making sure that we not only provide the teachers what they need, but we give the students the support that they need, be it if it's mm -hmm. adequate food uh, before, during, and after school sometimes, or if it's more extracurricular activities. Many schools are cutting the arts. Many schools are cutting other extracurricular things that impact students' learning. So these are the things that folks in the community and the grassroots level can be engaged with without having to be in, a, in an office or have a title. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a great point. And, it's, you know, we need to start, you know, at that level, you know, elementary school and, and up. Because, I mean, from I work in healthcare, so in corporate, and, you know, trying to hire professionals, it's a, it's a trickle-down effect. So if our students aren't having what they need in their early education and later through high school, 
we see it when it comes to hiring because we may not always see qualified candidates or maybe you can't present yourself well in an interview. And so it's really, you know, corporate can do the same thing too and really reaching back uh, to our schools because that is our feeder. That is our pipeline uh, to fill our positions is going to be saving lives and creating budgets and changing the world. And if our our teachers don't have what they need to develop that top talent, we in trouble when it comes to, you know, the workforce. Right. You're absolutely correct. So I think those are, you know, those are things, too, you know, that that we should be thinking about. So that is a, a great, uh, great point because our teachers, you're right, are sacrificing so much uh, to give uh, to our babies, uh, and, and they are barely eating, and they're barely making it. And that's just not, that's just not fair on them and their families. Absolutely. So what... What tidbits of wisdom can you leave our listeners with that they can use in their personal and professional lives? Wow. I I would say uh, the the two things that kind of pop into my mind is uh, always be willing to ask questions, asking questions of yourself, asking questions of others to learn more and figuring out where you can increase knowledge or improve upon yourself and, and, you know, asking what more can I do to improve my community or my surroundings to help others that need it. But just being open uh, to just growth, be it either from a spiritual perspective uh, being rooted and grounded in whatever faith you may have, and and and, and allowing that to grow into uh, that that mental health, that mental space where you can think and where you can be effective in achieving your goals uh, as you're looking to learn more, as you're looking to expand more, uh, but also. A tidbit was was something that I've been focusing on. So I've talked about, you know, the spiritual uh, connection or sharpening or strengthening that. We talk about the mental space, making sure that we are, are intentional, having good mental health, not being stressed, and and being able to manage those things. But the physical as well. And that's something that I'm trying to improve on. Although I'm running every day, all day, and being mindful about my health is something that I have to do and I'm responsible for. And if I don't have my health, if I'm not in good mental, physical, and even sometimes spiritual, I can't give my all as a leader. Mm -hmm. I can't. Be present if my mind is not there, and and I can't deliver on the things that I don't have a conviction on. Sometimes, if if I'm not there and working hard on, so I think all of that plays a role, plays a part on us 
going to the next level in our lives, wherever we may be. So I hope that I hope that helped. It, it does. That was that was great. Great advice. Great tips uh, that that you left our listeners with. You have any book recommendations besides yours that we're waiting? We're going to wait for for twenty twenty. Are we going to wait for twenty twenty? Your your book, but do you have any uh, recommendations? What does what does the senator read? What does Senator Mountain read? Yeah. You know, I, I like um, what's I forgot the author's name. Uh, the gentleman uh, Simon Sinek, and and the book Why. I think it goes to uh, good leaders ask great questions. You know, that's one that I, I would encourage folks uh, to pick up. And, and if you are looking for a teaser, I encourage you to watch uh, Simon Sinek's, I think it's S I N E K S, if I'm not mistaken, and his YouTube video on, uh, on why, the question why. It's very enlightening, and I think as, as leaders, something that we, we should keep in, in mind and in consideration. Um, another book I would probably encourage folks, and this is on the uh, from a more spiritual side of things, and this is from my good friend Bishop Noel Jones, and it's called The Battle for the Mind. You know, how can we think the thoughts of God? I think we, we all... Uh, uh, struggle with with things, be it personal, be it internal or external. And I think uh, a lot of the things we wrestle with, the issues that we deal with, uh, is in the is the battle is in the mind. So those are the two books I would highly encourage folks uh, to take a look at. Awesome. Great. It, it's funny when you uh, gave your tidbit about asking questions, good leaders ask great questions was one that popped up into my mind as well. So great. we are on one accord. Perfect. So how can our listeners stay connected with you and support you and some of the things that you're doing? Um, definitely social media. Uh, follow me on, on Instagram uh, as Senator uh, Eddie, E-D-D-I-E, Melton, M-E-L-T-O-N. But also on Facebook, and keep in mind I have two Facebook pages. One is for my constituents, which is Senator Eddie Melton. Uh, but my personal one, you can definitely follow, is uh, my first and last name, Eddie Melton. So uh, great to stay engaged with me there. I'd love to hear uh, any thoughts or feedback from folks. Awesome, awesome. And before we wrap up, is there anything else you would like the listeners to know, anything we need to uh, be doing as we continue on our journey into 2019? I would just encourage folks, and as we kind of are in the midst of 2019, pay attention to what's going on uh, politically on the national level and, and, uh, and on your local level. I'm sure many of you may be going or preparing for some local municipal races, mayors, and council individuals, um, but we have a presidential election that's coming up in, in within a year. And I'm not here on the political to push any agenda, but I just want to encourage folks uh, 
to pay attention and truly study and, and, and research candidates and make sure uh, you, you don't necessarily have to vote party line, but vote your values. Absolutely. Great advice, great advice. Well, thank you so much, Senator Melton, for taking the time out of your busy schedule. I know you're busy running and moving and grooving and, and changing the landscape uh, in Indiana and just in our community, period, uh, to give me the opportunity to interview you today. It was definitely an honor to have you, uh, my friend, as a guest. Oh, thank you so much. And anytime, looking forward. Uh, to catching up with you, and uh, looking forward to staying in contact and touch with your uh, listening audience. Awesome. Many blessings to you and much success on your journey, and many blessings to to your beautiful wife and family. Uh, tell them I said hello. Sure will. Take care. So thank you, listener audience, for tuning in to tonight's show with our special guest, Senator Eddie Melton, where he shared with us that always be willing to ask questions of yourself and of others. Be open to growth. Uh, If you're going to run or be in the political landscape and really just be a leader, uh, you have to be able to accept criticism and have tough skin. You really need to have a heart to serve. So as you are working in the community or working in your jobs and you're leading people, you really need to have a true servant's heart. Even in the frustrating times, there's always opportunity. Make sure you study and research the issues and concerns that are happening in your community so that you are are better informed and you can be better engaged Make sure you vote, as we know that is extremely important. And you can also go to to board meetings or watch them on tape. You can uh, go to community meetings so you can understand the policies that will be implemented. So those were some great tidbits that the senator shared with us this evening. If you are interested in being a guest on this show, which I would love to have you, or start your own radio station like Envision Broadcasting is starting May 1st, or if you want to advertise on this platform to advertise your businesses or events, you can email dibroadcasting at trendyelitellc.com. And please tune in to hear another amazing leader next week. So until then, my friends, have a good evening. Thank you, friends, for tuning in to another episode of Leadership Tidbits with Coach T. Wilson, where Taiwana speaks with leaders who share nuggets of wisdom that you can use in your personal and professional life. Follow her on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Coach T. Wilson. Connect on LinkedIn or visit www.coachtwilson.com. And remember, in life, learn as much as you can, appreciate often, and lead fearlessly. 